Blog Talk Radio. My daddy served in the army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard. Till the day that he died, he wanted my mother, my brother, my sister, and me to grow up and live happy in the land of the free. Now this nation that I love is falling under attack. A mighty sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back. Soon as we could see clearly through our big black eye, man, we lit up your world like the Fourth of July. Greetings and good day to all of you. Welcome to the Vigilant American, the online gun show brought to you by the McQueenie Gun Club and Benelli Firearms. If you want to see the perfect balance of style, technology, and reliability, get on over to the McQueenie Gun Club and check out the Ethos line of Benelli shotguns, gorgeous, gorgeous rifles, shotguns. And if you want the best shooting experience here in the Texas Hill Country, get on over to the McQueenie Gun Club. Beautiful indoor ranges, plus everything you need, gear, training, classes, um, if, you, if it involves shooting, if it involves uh, hunting, the sport of shooting, license to carry, folks, it is a one-stop shop over at the McQueen Gun Club. And as I've said many, many times on the show, talking about it, describing it, really doesn't do it justice. Get over there and see a beautiful facility that we're fortunate to have uh, right here. If you're in New Braunfels, as you head down 725, towards the bandit, towards the game, you'll come right across it. So I encourage you to get out there and, and check it out. My name is Jason Dias. The name of the show today is Lock and Load. Um, some some thoughts I'm going to share with you about what I would say to the two, what I consider the two front-running GOP candidates as it pertains to uh, gun laws and um, what I would say to the Supreme Court, which is now evenly split. Now we have a situation where we're going to go back in time um, and have that Heller case relitigated uh, with a justice missing, especially one who was very, very pro-Second Amendment, Anton Scalia. Imagine how things could be so very, very different, not to mention that I think for the first time in the postmodern era, um, we're looking at a situation where depending on um, if for some reason uh, Miss Clinton or, or Senator Sanders wins the election, the, the people that they appoint to the court have absolutely no interest in protecting your Second Amendment right. In fact, um, these are uh, activist people that don't believe you should possess the right to own a gun. And um, that is not an exercise in hyperbole. That is simply the, the way it is. And so one of the most interesting times I think we've ever faced here um, as Americans this election season, as crazy as it has been, as unpredictable as it has been, I'm convinced is, is shaping up to be uh, one of those generational um, elections. And I'm explain why that is. I'm going to explain why I think that is. And it might seem a little academic, um, but you know, a lot of a lot of gun owners are very very smart people, and um, you know we're going to look at maybe moving the show to a midweek, only because it's easier to get guests 
uh, during the week. There's a couple people I really want to talk to over at the Texas Law Shield. Um, I want to start speaking to some law enforcement folks and uh, some folks that work at different gun manufacturers around the state, Texas Black Rifle Company comes to mind. And um, because, again, I think this is a, a, a tremendous right that we have here um, as Americans. And um, it is and has been constantly, literally under assault for a long, long time. And, of course, not a week goes by that there's not an active shooting somewhere in America. And uh, there is some progress on that, I think, in the way those things are being covered now, which isn't entirely bad. And so we'll talk about that, some things that I noticed uh, just kind of walking around town and uh, noticing things. I've still yet to see anybody open carrying. I've yet to see a single civilian out there um, doing the open carry. I've noticed they've taken the guard away from the door at HGB, who I think was there to tell you, um, you can't open carry at HEB, um, but I think most people are, are like me. There's really no need to advertise that. I think that is something where people still, still sense that there is an element of, I hate to call it surprise, but if you're, if you're standing around and someone starts shooting, you know, you're going to, you're going to pull out your, your gun, but um, I don't think people see it as a deterrent to walk around with a gun strapped to their hip. I, I think it would look kind of silly, to be perfectly honest with you. I like to have mine um, tucked as it is on my left hip. I know um, if Nick were here, he would probably tell me that cross-drawing um, is for suckers, but man, uh, with, with Chris Siegel's uh, advice, I have practiced and practiced and practiced with virtually every type of – I don't really dress up very often, but I, I can have my um, – and out in less than two seconds. Bam, 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 it's out. It's just, it's become muscle memory. It's like playing a C chord on a guitar. You just pick it up and your hands go right there. Um, it is like that now. And so um, that I don't think I could ever see myself walking around with the holster and um, that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, walk around your brothel, still yet to see anybody that is uh, open carrying. And so we'll talk about that just a little bit. And, of course, want to remind y'all, um, there's always something going on at the McQueenie Gun Club. Uh, put this on your calendar. At 9 a.m. on April 23rd, uh, we're going to have our basic carbine course. Now, the, the, the carbine is a beautiful, beautiful rifle, beautiful, beautiful weapon uh, when, it's, when it's used correctly. It is, it is uh, man, it's such a great, such a great platform. The AR platform may be um, the best platform in the history of uh, in the history of the world, to be perfectly honest about it. Um, I know the AK-47 gets a lot of gets a lot of um, accolades and stuff like that, and it should. They're a very simple rifle. I fired them before. Um, they're very powerful, um, but after that first round goes down range, the next two are going to go way over whoever's head you're shooting at because it kicks. Let me tell you, um, but you can drop it in the mud and throw it out your car window, and somebody will pick it up ten years later, and it'll work. Um, but the uh, but the carbine, the air platform, I think is it's the most flexible, um, and and when it's used correctly, really really solid solid rifles. So the carbine course. Um, check out the website. Check out the Facebook page if you want to get some more information on that. Uh, one of the things they're going to teach you is something that I think it's one of the first things they teach you in the military. Before you ever shoot around downrange with your, when I was in, with the M16A1, which I loved, by the way, um, 
So it had that flat uh, handrail, which I just absolutely love. I don't know why, but when I rested my Kevlar helmet on the rear sight post, I felt like that rifle was just a part of my body and um, always always shot very, very well um, with the M16A1. Then they went to the M16A2, which was a little bit longer and a little bit heavier, and uh, I didn't really care for that model as much, which is why during the Gulf War, I, I, I lugged around uh, an old M14, if you can imagine that, big honking M14, uh, but it had a lot of punch, and uh, anyway, but the carbine, uh, they, they will teach you at this class what happens when, and it will, when a round jams. And uh, that's one of the first things you learn in the Army is how to clear, how to clear uh, a jam when it occurs. And it, and it will, no matter how much you, you clean and uh, take care of your magazines and your rounds and everything like that, it's just it's a law of averages. From, at some point, you're going to get a jam, and knowing how to clear it gets you back to where you need to be, which is you know center mass, aiming down range, and pulling the triggers. So quite a few things to talk about today. Um, hope you guys are having a great Saturday out there, whatever you're doing in New Braunfels. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this. Right, you are back. The Vigilant American brought to you by the McQueenie Gun Club and Benelli Firearms. All right, lock and load. Um, In my show description, I said, what would I say to Ted Cruz? And it should have been a question mark. I made it a period. Forgive me. I will fix that um, punctuation here in just a second. Um, This is what I would say to Senator Cruz. And he was my guy for quite a while in the run-up of the of the primaries, and believe me, I've had more arguments with people um, about this, the fact that I voted for Mr. Trump, than, I'm, than I've ever had with the Democrats that I know. It's been a crazy, crazy upside-down election season. But I want to tell – I would tell Senator Cruz where he lost me, and I don't remember which debate it was, uh, but he was asked a question, would you bomb ISIS if it meant there would be civilian casualties? And he hemmed and he hawed. Had he said yes, had he just said yes, I would have cast my vote for him. Um, this, this is what I think is wrong with our country. We have lost an element of toughness. We've simply lost an element of toughness in our culture, and I, I just can't abide somebody who can't answer a simple question like that. You know, uh, on, the, on the other side, Mr. Trump's talking about banning Muslims coming in and, and going after the families of people that are supporting these terrorists. I've got news for you. This, this is an incontrovertible fact. Um, it takes about 10 people to put one soldier on the battlefield. So for every guy out there that's blowing up train stations in Brussels and airports in Brussels and putting little crockpot bombs down at the end of the Boston Marathon and running around, you know, Palmyra and Iraq and Syria doing all these terrible things. I guarantee you there's nine, ten, maybe a dozen people 
that helped him get to where he was going. Uh, they're watching his kids back at home. They're keeping his family fed. They're taking care of the domestic stuff. They helped him get the passport or sneak into the country. Uh, it is absolutely true. I mean, this this knucklehead in Belgium just walking around his old neighborhood, ordering pizzas, riding his bike like nothing was going on. I will tell you this. There is um, – there has to be a new attitude about how we deal with these people, and um, we're worried about civilian casualties. The only civilian casualties I'm worried about are Americans, okay? That's the only uh, civilian casualty I'm worried about, and I shudder at the prospect of a Sanders or a Clinton administration uh, where they're literally, I believe, going to try and um, make moves to, if not confiscate people that have already purchased firearms to make it increasingly difficult uh, for people that make them to continue to make the AR platforms. Uh, I mean, these our, our buddies over at the Texas Black Rifle Company and everywhere else that manufactures um, handguns and rifles, folks, they, they're going to zero in on them. It'll, it'll be the only target people like Mrs. Clinton and, and Bernie Sanders that are looked at. They'll be targeting the gun makers and the gun owners and all of that in concert with the fact that we are letting in people to our country who have absolutely no business being here. We have no idea who they are. Um, this this is a recipe for disaster. So when, when Mr. Cruz hemmed and hawed about, about that, it's really where he lost me. And I will tell you, one of the reasons I'm, I'm glad in Texas we have the right to possess these these handguns and firearms, as you've heard Chris, Chris Siegel, say it many times on this show, Chris is a former police officer, when things go sideways, uh, it's going to take five or six minutes, and that's a great response time, by the way, for the police to show up. I believe what is coming, um, people, uh, these, these knuckleheads that have come in from other places around the world, even when the police get there, it's they're going to need the help of everyday citizens. You know, you, you will remember – some of you will remember this. This goes way back. I can't remember what year this was, where these, those idiots robbed that bank in Southern California, and they were in body armor, and they were just walking down the street um, shooting people, and the police officers had – I think they had to go into like a gun store and get – the high-powered rifles just to take these guys down. I think one of the guys shot himself, but I don't remember exactly what year that was. But when um, when when we're just letting people come in uh, to the country, it is a very, very dangerous thing to consider that we've got, I think, thousands and thousands of these potential um, jihadists and then um, the possibility of um, the presidential administration that even if they can't curtail our right to purchase and own firearms, they can certainly appoint people to the Supreme Court uh, that, that can totally change the dynamic. Because the Heller case, all that did was create more cases. There are dozens and dozens of, of Second Amendment cases working their way up to the federal courts. These people that are opposed to gun ownership, they never give up. I mean, they just never ever give up, and they are they are loving their chances if uh, Mrs. Clinton or Mr. Senator Sanders gets to appoint some very, very activist, liberal, anti-Second Amendment judges to the nation's highest court. Now, my second question, what would I say to Mr. Trump? I would say I wish he would talk more about – if you haven't seen this, it's on his website, something that I actually talked about and didn't even know it was on his, his website because I hadn't really explored it is – 
his temporary ban on Muslims is what would maybe pull the lever for him or push the button. In fact, a touch screen where I where I vote over at Klein Road Elementary, um, but he he is for the national right to carry, meaning that if you earn a a license to carry here in the state of Texas, that that you can carry anywhere. Nevada, Utah, Wisconsin, uh, New York State. Um, you don't have to stop when you're driving from here to Disney World in Louisiana, uh, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, and Florida and get a new driver's license. And people that earn their LTC have gone through an FBI background check, a local background check, and oh, by the way, they've been trained. Um, and if you go to McQueen's Gun Club, advised on the best handgun for personal protection. And so I, that's something that I'm very, very much in favor of. I don't think when you, especially when you're traveling and you're going to some place that you're not familiar with, that's the worst time to be disarmed. That's, I, I, that's one reason I, I don't like traveling. I don't like being the guy at the airport who's not armed because the only people that ever show up at the airport who are armed are these idiots that shoot up the place. So um, that is something that I wish he would talk about. Um, the Supreme Court, well, what I say to an evenly split Supreme Court, uh, I would say if you ever thought people like me in Texas were just talking out of our hat about a secession, uh, pass a law that says you can't own, uh, let's say an, an AR-15 type of carbine. You can't own um, a certain kind of uh, handgun. You you have to own a six-shot revolver or a grandpa's shotgun, and that's it. And you will see very, very reasonable people like me um, up in Austin demanding that we just sort of <laughs> break away temporarily uh, from the United States and become our own republic as we once were. And then many people think we probably should be, um, even today and in some ways have become kind of a colony of the rest of the United States. People come here to start over. People come here because they, um, they, they want to live you know, free and have people leave them alone. But that is something I would say uh, to the Supreme Court. You, you do not understand what you're messing with when you start talking about infringing upon people's rights to protect their family. I mean, that is as personal as it gets. That is as serious as it gets. And, um, I know. I don't want you to think I'm one of those um, whack jobs, but um, it's like that great line uh, from uh, Thomas Paine's Common Sense, time uh, produces more converts than reason. And speaking of that, uh, there is something – there was another active shooter uh, this week, I guess, up in Virginia at a Greyhound bus station. For some reason, I did not see a lot of – I did not see a lot of news on that for some reason. Now, some of the dynamic when these things happen is still the same old tired approach. You you get the – I don't want to CNN think it's so interesting to show police officers with rifles. You get the little Ken Burns effect of the police officer walking around with um, his AR-15 or his rifle or his shotgun in his hand. And then, of course, you get the obligatory shots of the candlelight vigils and all that I'm just so tired of all of that. Um, But the one thing I've noticed, the one thing I've noticed in in the coverage uh, lately has been a lack of the knee-jerk reaction to say, well, this proves that we need more gun control. Um, I have noticed that that's going away. I do believe that one of the things uh, that is is becoming more and more obvious to people is – that when somebody starts shooting, 
um, in a place where you're not expecting it, if the shooter starts getting shot back at, then it changes the dynamic of that situation. And um, I'm still kind of, you know, again, disappointed how, how often these these uh, these active shooters they just walk around shooting people. It doesn't anybody carry a handgun anymore uh, is what I'm thinking. And, of course, here in Texas we do. So that's good that the active shooter is no longer a catalyst for gun control, but I think it does advocate for gun ownership, and so that's not a bad thing. Uh, one more little observation I made, and this was at – you must be thinking, this guy never goes anywhere but HEB. It feels that way, believe me. I was in HEB the other day, back at the, the one on Walnut, and was getting some um, chicken. And there was a lady there with her cart, and her purse was up in that little, I don't know what you call that thing, where you sometimes stick a little kid and his legs stick through, but that upper part of the shopping cart. And her purse was open. She had some coupons in there. And as I, as I walked by, I, I could see that she had um, a gun in her purse. And, and meanwhile, she's looking at, you know, the chicken and stuff like that. I don't know. I, I, it, next time I get Nick on the show, I'll have to ask him about that. I don't know how I feel about th- that. I, I wouldn't have her have that on her person somehow. I mean, I, I could have literally just reached out and grabbed that. It, it, not, nothing would have prevented me I mean, it was that close. I mean, you know how close you get to people at HEB. You know, you can see the coupons they're looking at. And I could I could see right there it was a – it was a it looked like a thirty eight snub um nickel plated and it was in a brown leather case with a snap across the top. That's how clear it was to see and um I don't know i I'd have to ask Nick about that when he's the pistolero um on the show. I, I mean, I, I understand that women have different uh, – when you when you dress, it's different than a guy. I get that. And not every dress has a belt that will support even a, even a 38 snub, which isn't crazy heavy, but you can't put it on your average cloth belt that goes around a dress. But I don't know. That was just one of those things where, like, man, I'm glad she has that. I hope she bought it at the McQueenie Gun Club. Um, but, man, I wouldn't just leave it there and, and while she's looking away. And, uh, of course, we've all heard the stories of the kids that find the, the gun in their parents' purse and go, oh, I know how to use this, bam, 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 and terrible things happen. Uh, so just, just something to think about. And as I always continue to say, my, my admonition, gentlemen, if, if your responsibility is to protect your family when you're out and about, please put the stupid phone down. Uh, you can check your uh, final four brackets um, another time. I still see way too many people uh, just have their face buried in their phone, and I don't think that's such, that's such a great idea. So anyway, hey, folks, don't forget, wherever you are in your journey towards gun ownership, if you still have not looked into becoming, um, you know, having a license to carry, I very, very much encourage you do your research, go to the McQueenie Club, McQueenie Gun Club, um, and and get uh, your certification, your license to carry, and then continue to train, continue to get out there, and and um, and practice, and practice shooting, and of course. Stay vigilant. Uh, when I come home for the day, I, I have a procedure that I that I go through where I clear my I clear my weapon basically, and I have a, a rod that I put down the barrel, and I watch it, and I make sure that there's not a round in the chamber, and then I'll walk out in the backyard, and just to be sure, I'll pull the trigger and point it, you know, into the ground in the backyard, and. This is so embarrassing. Another reason I wish Nick were I had no idea how this happened. What I did yesterday, freaking round went off. 
I have no idea how it got in there. I have absolutely no idea. Um, I, I locked it back. I did not have the magazine in. That's the only thing I can think of is that, like an idiot, I left the magazine in. And um, when it went forward again after I cleared it, it chambered another round. Very, very embarrassing uh, to have to admit. But, again, this is – Folks, these are dangerous things. I mean, every single somebody today is going to get accidentally shot by their own um, gun or their their own rifle or somebody they know. Um, and that's why we say stay vigilant, um, uh, make good decisions. Uh, I, I, it's been bugging me all night. It's happened yesterday. Just walked out in the backyard. Like I always do, make sure everything's out of there. And just waited for the click, and it still got the pop, and my ear is still ringing. I'm such an idiot. I'm sure my neighbors didn't appreciate that very much either. Hey, folks, listen, don't forget, if it's Saturday morning, it is the Vigilant American, the only online gun show here in South Texas that talks all the time about gun ownership, about gear. Uh, we're going to get uh, back to having some really cool guests on. And uh, like I said, hope to talk to somebody from the Texas Law Shield. They do great, great work all over the state. And, of course, we'd love to get somebody on from the Texas Black Rifle Company down in Shiner. And, of course, we'll have Nick or Chris back with us next week. Don't forget you can listen live or later. Tell your friends about the McQueen Gun Club. Like us on Facebook. And until next we speak, We'll talk to you all next week. Ever the ever the MFR, folks.